the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so let me get this straight. You accuse somebody of rape, and there isn't enough evidence to convict them. And then somehow, the person who is found innocent of rape is guilty of defaming your lying ass. Do I have it about right? That's how you know you're surrounded by Democrats. Because there is no definition of integrity or honesty. There are no principles. It's whatever they say it is. It's however they feel. That's why we're living in a society where 65-year-old pot-bellied men want you to believe they're women. It's a topsy-turvy world in this Democrat sewer ghettos. That's why people are fleeing them in droves. But every once in a while, you have an opportunity to expose these pseudo-intellectual frauds like Elizabeth Jean. Why do people do that? Your name is Elizabeth. You don't get to just do the E and then Jean, whatever. What you are is a New York lying weirdo you're actually a weirdo how many people remember this from gloria vanderbilt's son you don't feel like a victim i was not thrown on the ground and ravished which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations this was not this was not sexual now now, now, i want you to take this all in because it's anderson cooper and even anderson cooper is a little shocked. I want you to take this in from this. Listen to that fake accent that all of these pretend socialites have from New York. You're not from England. You're just from New York. And you never achieved anything. You might have been married to somebody who did, or you're the fruit of somebody's loins who did, but you're really not special. And what you are, Elizabeth Jean Carroll, is a weirdo. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not. This was not sexual. It just. It. It hurt. It just. What. It just. You know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a. I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> Anderson Cooper is oh, taking him back. And this is a guy that has done some things, baby. And he is put in the backseat. Because this is the freak that just won $5 million. And not somehow she was defamed. She defames herself by these appearances. And when you accuse somebody of rape and they're found innocent, aren't you the one that should be guilty of defaming somebody? That's the definition of defamation. You lied. But that isn't the way it works in these Democrat hellholes, because this was a story meant to cover up another story that came out today. 
It turns out the Justice Department was reportedly told about bribery allegations concerning then-Vice President Joe Biden all the way back in 2018. An email from a former federal prosecutor saying, quote, VP Biden and Secretary of State Kerry exercised influence to protect Burisma Holdings in exchange for payments. Also, Secretary Kerry. You see, it's more than just the dimwit you know. It's the one we pretend was a war hero with the medals on his chest as he went to kiss the ass of that donkey-eared pretend king in Europe. This is a cabal of corruption. This is the real story, but now it's in the shadow. Because Trump is in the news again. And that is the greatest asset he has been to them. This is how you know they are wizards of deception and fraud. But this is a real crime. And Joe Biden shouldn't be in any kind of talks, not simply because he has dementia and is unfit and incapable, but because he's a crook. All I have been told is that the person who made the transfers was told that one goes to Joe Biden. Mike McCormick's a former White House stenographer who says he also has evidence of a Biden family kickback scheme. And he joins me now. Mike, great to have you back on the program. What was your reaction when you heard about these Biden bribery allegations made two years prior to your allegations? Now, see, we have witnesses to actual crime, unlike the phony socialist. Socialite who thinks rape is sexy, the twisted son of a dog that she is. We have witnesses, but the FBI has had the evidence for three years. And the FBI isn't interested in actually being a Bureau of Investigation. They would rather protect the mafia because I think they're in on the whole thing anyway. Well, I looked at the uh, stories that were uh, written about it, and it fits into the narrative it fits into the evidence that I have developed um, based on books I've written, my Substack that I've written. Um, Joe Biden masterminded what his son did with Burisma. He started that in March 2014. I talked with you about it a while ago about a flight he made into Ukraine in April 2014. And Jake Sullivan came back and basically committed a crime that Joe Biden was in a kickback scheme. Now, the Democrats don't mind this because they just want in on the scheme. Take a look at that ghetto, Chicago. Take a look at O'Hare and the same names, the same ones on the Jane Byrne exit ramp that took twice as long as the Hoover frackin' dam and twice as much money. So the Democrats like this, but normal people aren't supposed to accept it. But now the nation will be distracted with some lying freak, pretend socialite from New York. With his son and Burisma. Well, this allegation goes to Joe getting money directly. And it's it came from Ukraine. Uh, the prosecutor who the, the American, uh, Mr. Cummins, was given this information from a Ukrainian prosecutor. And it involved two John Doe whistleblowers. One. Now, Squirrel, who's getting all of these billions in the, in the proxy war? Oh, oh, Ukraine and Zelensky, you know, the one that already shaved off 400 million. And it all goes, where, where was Zelensky and Ihor Kolomoisky? Where did I say for the last three years, Squirrel, where did I tell you they were hiding their money? Where, where, where? Cyprus, a, an island that exists for the same reason Delaware does, for crooks and frauds. Said it looks like. Uh, a wire transfer went directly from Mykola Jlachevsky, the owner of Burisma Holdings, who put Hunter Biden on the board, specifically to Joe. Well, Mykola Jlachevsky did his banking in Cyprus. 
Huh. And that flight I talked to you about, April 21st, 2014, three weeks after that flight, Joe Biden flew hmm. to Cyprus on a very unusual White House trip. No press on it. Why would the vice president go to Cyprus to pick up the cashola, the money, the account numbers? You see, because it works like Switzerland. It's just account numbers. And this is how the oligarchs hide their money. Well, the oligarch in this case is Joseph Robinette. My socks are making funny noises, Biden. That crooked bastard is the one who took it, the vice president, Air Force Two, to an island of corruption where all the Russian oligarchs and Ukrainians, it's all the same nonsense to me, where they hide their money that they steal from the people, ironically, through energy companies. But there's the moron Democrats. Trump, 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 Trump. He raped her. He raped her. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Sounds to me like this toots enjoys a little rape. Something tells me her, her husband's at home with an orange ball in his mouth. Which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not this was not sexual. Now, does that sound normal? That sounds to me like she's promoting it. She would have loved my ancestors, the Vikings. It just it, it hurt. It just what it just, you know, well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most sexual. people think of rape as being sexy. Not guilty. Here's another thing, honey. What you were really offended at is that he thought you were too ugly to even entertain the idea. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not, I, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not in- He wouldn't rape you or your lawyer. In the meantime, something tells me, honey, you'd like to walk around cell block C hoping you got raped. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> and you're a fracking weirdo. And nobody raped you as much as you wanted them to. You didn't get raped. And who, got, who was defamed was Donald Trump. Once again. But that's all you can do. And you're going to keep doing it. And ironically, it's going to come from the lowest of places. Donald Trump is the only president in American history who has refused to guarantee the peaceful transfer of power. Joe Biden he lost the election and he knew it. To become the you know what's funny about this? This is from Darth Vader's daughter, Liz Cheney, who is the little boy her father always hoped he'd have. President. He betrayed millions of Americans by telling them the election we was stolen. Stop the steal. He ignored the rulings of dozens of courts. Rather than accept his defeat, he mobilized a mob to come to Washington and march on the Capitol. Wrong. Then he watched on television. While you know what this is, Squirrel? This is a new commercial she's running right now. Both her and E. Jean Carroll, they're going to keep up the lies. And by the way, there's two other scallywags in the back that are now saying in 1979... Donald Trump brushed up against my bosom, and he raped me. Why not? Any Democrat jury will give you $5 million for showing up, even, you're, even though you're a creep who fantasizes about rape. And not you or Liz Cheney could get raped in cell block C with a feather duster in your derriere. The mob attacked law enforcement, invaded the Capitol, and hunted the vice president. 
He refused for three hours to tell the mob to leave. There has never been a greater dereliction of duty by any president. Trump was warned repeatedly that his plans for January 6th were illegal. He didn't care. And today, he celebrates those who attacked our capital. Donald Trump has proven he is unfit for office. Dereliction you lie. of duty. This reminds me of when your father was president. I know. He used that bumbling moron George Bush as a decoy. But your old man was really the president. And your old man was not only a war profiteer, but he was a lion scum just like you. Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. There is no doubt that he is amassing them to use them against our friends, against our allies, and against us. And there is no doubt that his aggressive regional ambitions will lead him into future confrontations with his neighbors. Confrontations that will involve both the weapons that he has today and the ones he will continue to develop with his oil wealth. The risk of inaction are far greater than the risk of action. Now and in the future, the United States will work closely with the global coalition to deny terrorists and their state sponsors the materials, technology, and expertise to make and deliver weapons of mass destruction. We will develop and deploy effective missile defenses to protect America and our allies from sudden attack. And the entire world must know that we will take whatever action is necessary to defend our freedom and our security. That's the same war. Joe Biden's moron brother who doesn't know what side of a hammer to grab got a $1.5 billion contract to build homes in Iraq, and nobody can show me a picture of one. See, because after this lie, of which little Dick Cheney knew was a lie, not only did trillions of dollars become misappropriated, hundreds of thousands of people were killed for a lie that he knew was a lie. And those are Middle Eastern people. What about our American soldiers? How many thousands dead? How many hundred thousands injured? How many change their lives for eternity because dick cheney the war profiteering liar is the greatest example of a dereliction of duty this crooked bastard and on the day he dies madeline albright will finally get out of the glory hole in hell 312-642-5600 make money smoke cigars and live free on the sean thompson show on am 560 the answer AM560, The Answer. You're not going to cheer me up, Squirrel. Stop trying. Good luck I'm not there. Punch you in the beard. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost. Speaking of a coward, you just send brave people to fight. What fight have you ever been in, Sally? In the meantime, these Cheneys, they're like herpes. Every month or so, they come out like a big rash. It's his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are... Wrong again, little dick. What we do know is that you're a lying, war profiteering fraud. Just exactly how many times did you work for Halliburton? And how much money did you make on the murder of hundreds of thousands of Middle Eastern and the waste of tens of thousands of Americans? How many? 
I'm concerned that when all the dust settles in Iraq and the U.S. troops pull out, supposedly by the end of this year, although there may be a residual number of some troops left, they're negotiating that. When all the dust settles, the Shiite-led regime in Iraq of Nouri al-Maliki is going to be a partner of Iran and Syria, for that matter, in recent by the way, all of the things Wolf Blitzer is talking about is exactly what happened. This is when Dick Cheney still kind of resembled a man rather than the, the dying flower he is today. Uh, everything he predicted here 11 years ago is exactly what happened. Days, uh, Nouri al-Maliki's government has supported Bashar al-Assad and has cracked down on, on peaceful protesters in Syria together with the Iranians, one of the few countries to do that. Is that why the U.S. went to war so that Iraq would become a strategic partner well, of Bashar al-Assad and Mahmoud Ahmadinejad? First, you're constructing a worst-case scenario there, Wolf. I don't think it's going to happen. You way. think there's going to be a democracy? Wrong again, a stupid. I think, Iraqis, I think the Iraqis will, in fact, be somebody we can work with on a regular basis, that uh, they will have a rudimentary democracy, if you will, and I think it'll be a success. So when they support Bashar al-Assad, what goes through your mind? Well, I'm, you know, I think Bashar Assad's not long for this world either. Looks to me like he's uh, he's on his way out because of the unrest. I take it back. That was 14 years ago. That's how how wrong this lying war profiteer fraud is, was, and will always be. That's been occasioned by his own people inside Syria. He's one of the least popular leaders in that part of the world. It's it's the Middle East, and stuff happens in the Middle East. You know it. You've covered it for years. That's why it's the perfect. Trojan horse of corruption. And that's why you and your dimwits, including Joe Biden, all got nice little cushy contracts that nobody can audit. And the money's missing. But you cannot, uh, I don't think you can make a case that the world would be better off today if Saddam Hussein were still in power. So no regrets about Iraq. I think we made exactly the right decisions. We're just a few hundred thousand people lighter. Because those are the, the, the people that you killed. You murdering Rat. Jim in Wisconsin. Hey, how you doing, John? You're doing a great job. I got one suggestion. I think you could be just a little bit more direct to the point, you know? All right. Well, I'm going to work on that. It was my New Year's resolution. I appreciate that yeah. so very much. Hey, but, but the important thing is that, yeah, these, these people are going to pay a serious price. You know, this this life is, is a spit in the ocean of time. And... And there is and will be justice, and these people that are pulling all this crap and all these Nobody lies. wants you to be right like me, brother, because I don't know how the game works, but I hope at the end Odin hands me the X and says they're in that room. Thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate it. Steven in Arlington Heights. Hey, Sean. Uh, so while all the uh, nonsense is going on with Trump, here's a story you might have missed. Uh, National Legal and Policy Center, uh, it's a 501c conservative think tank, I think. Chairman Peter Flaherty connects CEO Warren Buffett to Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein live during the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder proposal presentation gets removed and arrested. Saying the quiet part out loud, Sean, gets I love arrested. It. I've got a great, you know, everyone loves these two morons. They love them. Oh, they, they, what do they call it? The Oracle of Omaha and all the rest of it. I have the prime example of Charlie Munger and Warren Buffet perpetrating a pump and dump. You're going to love this when I get back. 312-642-5600.
He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. All right. So give me a little uh, time to build this up, this scenario for you. So if you're looking in the market, stock market, solar, the batteries, for they're all on their way down. They peaked about three months ago, two and a half months ago. If you remember, I had Tom Fortino on, and we were talking about a solar company, uh, FSLR. It had traded above $210, $210. Now it's like $176-ish. It, it, they're off of where they were important, where you had an opportunity to sell it. This is the time frame of the electric battery nonsense as well. Now, Berkshire Hathaway, Hathaway is Charlie Munger and uh, Warren Buffet, right? They both look like they should be in a park with a trench coat on and no, no pants on. So these two frauds don't like Elon Musk. They never did. Me, and by the way, I have no investment in Tesla. I recognize that as, a, as I wouldn't go near an electric car with a 10-foot pole, all right? Because to me, the technology simply doesn't work. It's almost obsolete from the moment you, they made the car. It doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's a fraud. Charlie Munger, on the other hand, and Warren Buffet, they kind of like the idea, but they don't like it from Elon Musk. There's a Chinese company, China, 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 BYD. What they uh, developed was a blade battery. It's a different platform. It has different technology. So they own it, and everybody knows they own it from their meetings. So Charlie Munger goes out and says this about three and a half months ago. Charlie, you bring up uh, BYD, so I'll jump to a question from Stephen Spencer, uh, who writes in from New York, New York. He's curious why Mr. Munger prefers an investment in BYD to Tesla. Well, that's easy. Tesla last year reduced its prices in China twice. BYD increased its prices. We're direct competitors. We're so much ahead of BYD. I mean, BYD is so much ahead of Tesla in China. Yes, you're right. He said we. We are so much ahead because you really don't know the percentage he had. That's why this is very important. You don't know how many billions were made here. It's like a, it's just, it's almost ridiculous. And if you look at BYD, which most people have never heard of, if you count all the manufacturing space they have in China to make cars, it would, it would amount to a big percentage of all the land in Manhattan Island. And nobody ever heard of them a few years ago. Now, when this fossil talks, people listen. The street listens. Hedge funds listen. At the same time he's doing this speech, What's going on with the uh, in Omaha, the Oracle of Omaha, a guy who looks like he should be on a bench with an overcoat on and no pants? All right, let's uh, also take a look at shares of Tesla this morning in the wake of Berkshire Hathaway's annual shareholders meeting. The shares are trending, and the Oracle of Omaha had a lot to say on the state of electric vehicles and the auto sector. He said, it's just a business where you got a lot of worldwide competitors. They're not going to go away, and it looks like there are winners at any given time, but it doesn't get you a permanent Place. So kind of interesting there. At the same time, we learned that uh, Berkshire Hathaway had tri- had continued to trim mm-hmm. its stake in BYD, which is a Chinese EV company, um, that it sold nearly 2 million shares of that firm. That was found out through a filing that it did on May 2nd. So um, as... What? What are the other guys saying? Buy it. 
your other partner that everyone listens to with the glasses where he could set his head on fire if he looks at the sun. That turtle said, buy it. And you're selling it? Huh. That's convenient. Where's Martha Stewart? Don Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. Uh, you know, we're going to have an influx of aliens from the southern border like we've never seen before in a couple of days. All indicators, all indicators are down at least one and a half percent for the economy. And yeah. yesterday, the, the president's talking about we need to be reimbursed when the airline uh, cancels our flight for weather. <laughs> yeah, I'm very concerned. Are you done? Well, we have a rancher that uh, listens to our show. I don't know who he is, but he was a wonderful guy. He did a song. I'd like you to hear a little piece of it. I appreciate you calling. Illegals in my yard. Illegals in my yard. Illegals in my yard. Throw them some pesos and they work so hard. By the way, isn't, the government, isn't this administration worried about all these illegals coming from Mexico and South America and Central and El Salvador? This could be a massive uptick in, in white supremacy, right? I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to believe about Marcio? What's his name? Mauricio Garcia, the Mexican white supremacist. I think they should be concerned. and Maybe then we can get some attention on it. In the meantime, let's enjoy the music. In my yard. Illegals in my yard. Illegals in my yard. I don't even ask if they got green card. They're gonna pave up my driveway this Christmas. They're gonna clean all my cars this Christmas. I like a rancher on the front line with a sense of humor. What do you think, Squirrel? Uh, Bob in Oak Lawn. Yeah, all right, two things. Actually, when you mentioned Berkshire Hathaway, it made me think of this other guy that got arrested in Omaha. reason why he got arrested, he was speaking to, to Warren Buffett and all them. They promised him he had an open mic. Well, he mentioned Bill Gates and how much he loves children, how, how he likes to support children since Bill Gates. And Warren Buffett contributes so much to Bill Gates. They cut his mic and they ended up arresting him. I heard him on another show. A lot of inside also, stuff man, there. Who owns all the servers? Yeah. Who owns all the servers yeah, that our uh, government know, he uses? He does love children. 26 yeah. times. You know, that's how much he loves children. Nah, maybe he was also, just like man. the other scoundrel. He was getting some advice on his estate and tax planning that he paid $158 million to Epstein for. Maybe it's like, uh, what was his name? Black. Leon Black. I think Leon Black and Warren Buffett, they just really were looking for Epstein's advice. You know, you know, Bob, let's not be so pessimistic. Uh, I'm sure it had oh, nothing to do with a, the underage prostitutes. Matt Gates and AOC are co-sponsoring a bill to outlaw any congressman of trading stocks. Yeah. You believe that? Well, I believe it because I think, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a theater because Barack Obama signed a law that they weren't supposed to do it his second year in office, and all they did was ignore it right after he signed it. Thank you very much, Bob. See, it's a funny thing about laws. They have to be enforced. Otherwise, they mean nothing. They're like gun laws in the sewer of Chicago. You can have as many as you want. They have to be enforced. They're not really enforced. That's, that's what the Democrats are excellent at. They really are. That and the fact that they could have people not only believe a 65-year-old potbelly man is a female admiral in the Navy, but that a, a guy named Mauricio Garcia, he is a Klansman. He is a neo-Nazi, which means socialist to me, so I can't stomach socialists. He's a neo-Nazi white supremacist, and I think so was his grandfather. Now, his grandfather was the inspiration for Slowpoke on Speedy Gonzalez. However, he also was the Grand Wizard. Uh, George in Naperville. 
Sean, they're flush with all that extra COVID cash that they're not spending. How about the Lori Lightfoot Library? It could be filled with black woman <laughs> lesbian literature. I like it, and the shelves could be low, and you could go in and grab a book on your knees. I like that very much. All right, Squirrel, I know, I know, I said slowpoke. I know how your brain works. Maybe slowpoke is pretty slow downstairs in the feet, but he's pretty fast upstairs in the cabeza. Now, see, people like Speedy Gonzalez. I personally like slowpoke, Rodriguez. 312-642-5600. Wow! I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. All in the news. Mexican white supremacists. Rape. From a girl who doesn't sound like she'd be too offended by it. Not only that, she couldn't prove it. He was acquitted of rape. Somehow has to pay defamation. And nobody talks about the real scandal. You have an enemy, an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, in the White House. You absolutely do. There's not even a question about it. The Vice President of the United States, through his son and his brother, was part of a process in which millions of dollars went to their family. Newt says millions of flow. You know, we don't have any reason to say that. We know Hunter Biden's an addict. We know he's an alcoholic. We know he's had sex addiction problems. We know he's not the son you would have. But Joe Biden has acted as a father trying to protect his son and trying to help his son. There are facts. Now, Juan Williams, I have a different opinion of him after I met him. I didn't like him before I met him. Now I really don't like him because he knows he's a fraud. He knows this is a lie. He knows it's a con job. But then again, he's a Democrat, and this is how they operate. The widow of the Moscow mayor sent millions of dollars Hunter Biden. He got money from Kazakhstan. He got money from Ukraine and served in a board about which he knew nothing. He got a lot of money from China, and it's a fact, Juan, that there were $3 million that has been disclosed that went to the Biden family from a Chinese billionaire. You have a son, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, who might make some business deals. Newt describes this as millions flowing to the family, kind of a you know amorphous. But I know specifically of $2 billion that went to Jared Kushner. Nobody's going to argue about that. You can get into arguments about legality. He did that at the uh, at the event about Jared Kushner and what Juan Williams doesn't understand. And I agree, all kinds of people give loans on assets, and Jared Kushner has assets. Hunter Biden has no assets. They also wash the money in Cyprus, same place the Ukrainians and the oligarchs in Russia and all of the pirates around the world have their money. And uh, that's the real scandal, Juan I wonder, Juan Williams, could he be a white supremacist? According to the news, he can. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you feeling tonight? Splendid. What I wanted to say is, all I keep hearing is the Republicans need to do their job about this debt ceiling. What about the Democrats? They don't need to do their job? The well, Republicans, you're, you're, at least... Rich, you're hearing that because the, the, the Republicans passed a bill. All the idiot, the moron, right. the feeble fascist in diapers has to do is sign it. That's it. They already did their job. See, but Joe Biden thinks he has the upper hand. And he might, because he controls the opinion of the morons of the Democrats. And those morons and Democrats will take any abuse. They'll vote for any scallywag as long as you promise them a pension. Because they know 
once on that pension, they could sit in their chair and eat until the checks roll in. And all they have to do occasionally is turn their head, even though it gets harder and harder. How you doing? Can you yeah. turn your head? Can How you are you? Head? How are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you kidding? Trump's that position put the coup de gras. That was a coup de gras. It's that position. Is it a coup you de thought... gras or a coup yeah, de gras? Yeah, it's a coup de gras. You sure you're gras. supposed to say to P? You know, what do you know? You were a municipal worker for the city. What the hell did you know? You're lucky, <laughs> you, can, you, you're lucky you can get to bed on your own. Go ahead. Yeah, but, but Sean, would you say that... Uh, Somebody is you say I wouldn't dream of raping or molesting anybody. And just because I'm a star in his mind he's some kind of a star. No, no, no. I played the girl fantasizing. No, no, I played the girl fantasizing about rape who said rape is sexy. I, that's all I didn't say any of that. What I said is he said they were too ugly. And then here's the other thing you gotta keep in mind. Never forget who you're talking about. He could buy Stormy Daniels for $1,000. You fly out to California, she brings 16 of her girlfriends. They toss more salads than school uh, uh, cafeteria workers. In the meantime, that's what he did. That was his get. Not going with this girl. Did you take a look at her? She looked like Nick Nolte from Rich Man, Poor Man. Nobody went near her. Not even you. Not even the city workers would go near her. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean. I'm not real sure how a Mexican guy ends up, um, a Mexican murderer ends up being a white nationalist, but I was wondering if you could give me any advice on how maybe I could become a black nationalist, maybe work for the Nation Islam, get a little dough out of that. So I ain't got a Transgender and get yourself a bow tie. I don't know. I think you're going to need a haircut mm-hmm. on top of it. Uh, but the reality is I don't see him as a, as, a, as a white nationalist. After all, the neo-Nazis, they're Ukrainians. Thousands of far-right Ukrainians have marked the 106th anniversary of the birth of controversial nationalist Stepan Bandera. He fought Russian and Polish occupation in Ukraine in the first part of the 20th century. They chant glory to Stepan Bandera. That's from this year. During those times, he used to talk about Moskovia and about Moscow being our enemy. I don't think that Texas shooter was a white supremacist. I think he supported the Azov Battalion. From here, uh, all, uh, all before years. Some call them neo-Nazis. Others say they're one of Ukraine's toughest fighting forces. The Azov Battalion was formed in 2014 during the Russian annexation of Crimea. It began life as a volunteer. You know what's on their tank, Squirrel? Those SS lightning bolts, like on their flag, and they got the schwa stickers, and then they got the German cross on the tanks, you know, the ones we pay for. The force which then became part of Ukraine's armed forces with public links to far-right groups. Nazis aren't right. Socialists aren't right. But I think the Texas guy sympathized with the Azovs and uh, the Ukrainians that celebrate Stefan Bandera. This morning, investigators in Texas zeroing in on disturbing social media posts that appear to belong to the nation's latest mass shooter, 33-year-old Mauricio Garcia. The online activity on a Russian social platform includes vile rants against women and minorities, along with a series of shirtless pictures that show visible white power tattoos. Oh, those are Ukrainian. And by the way, the Russians don't like the Nazis. They're celebrating defeating them today, you moron. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. So I teased a chef who I've had on before who I truly like and respect, and we were going to uh, discuss government's struggle to fund its Keynesian failure of an economy by going after waiters and waitresses and their tips. You know this is the natural progression. Because uh, the chef who I was going to interview has a, has a beautiful, incredible restaurant in Sunset Beach, California. Now, California implements policies of destruction, just like every other Democrat hellhole, around the country and around the world. I was going to save this for the chef, but we are unable to reach him at this point because of his schedule. In the meantime, I'm not going to make you wait for it. <laughs> Some of the most clicked on stories on KTLA.com are about people leaving California. We've told you about people getting. This is one of the most watched news shows in California. Fed up and moving to Arizona, Nevada, Texas or Florida. But a new study says rich people are the ones who are bouncing. And Ooh. as they go, concerns that California's golden geese are taking flight. Mm. A study by the Public Policy Institute of California shows that California is losing higher income households in addition to the middle class. It's a bit of an admission there from L.A. Times columnist George Skelton today who reported on this. He says last year he wrote that any news about the wealthy bailing on California was, quote, fake news. He admits now that he and many others in the know, including other think tanks, just had it wrong. In 2022, Governor Gavin Newsom blamed Trump-era policies on visas as the number one reason for the exodus. However, Cal Matters reports a net increase in migrant arrivals for that same period. See, they're going to blame Trump. Whether Trump is the nominee, if Trump lives to the election, no matter what it is, they'll blame Trump and they'll blame MAGA. But they'll never understand they're pointing the finger at Trump Three more point back at them. See, this is what I want you to take solace in. The reality of failure is undeniable at this point. And it will get worse. And you'll hear the stories and the intimidation tactics and the Republicans' fault like Rich was talking about in the earlier segment. The reality is, Democrats fail. They believe and subscribe to ideologies of failure. Now, they do it because those ideologies also spawn corruption. They know that. That's why they promote it. But they're getting to the finish line. And people in this country still have the right of movement. So they're going to make it seem like rich people, but they mean people who earn their money and don't want to be welfare roaches, either corporate or individual. Many studies we've told you about show that people are just fed up with crime, lack of opportunity, but mostly cost of living. Mm. The average price of a home in the state is north of $700,000. For generations, the Golden State has grown by huge numbers. But of course, as Skelton says, California hit a peak of 40 million in 2018 and has been losing people ever since. How many, you might ask, over the past two years, Half a million people have left. The study says this trend has the power to reshape the state. Some people might say, good riddance to the rich people. Less Land Rovers in our parking spots. No more Tesla. But of course, it's a little more complicated. And the why is, of course, that the top 10% of earners pay 80% of the taxes collected in the state. 10%, top 10% pay 
10% of the taxes. Think about that for just a moment. That means the rest don't pay taxes. They get it back in various schemes and frauds, so they continue to vote for these scallywag Democrats. This is the scam. But ultimately, people wise up. So what are you going to do if just the top 1% move out? How much taxes do they pay? The top 1% make up half of the collected tax tax revenue. The fear is that California's social programs, which are hugely expensive, might be cut with less rich people paying in. In case you're curious, California has the highest income tax of any state at 13.3%. Places where people are going, like Nevada and Texas, have no income tax. Yeah, Florida as well. But what, this is why they're floating the idea of reparations. They don't believe in them. They're trying to get support so morons keep thinking there's a money fairy. And that's why it's crucially important that the national morons of the Democrat mafia have the Republicans go along with their scheme to bury and bankrupt the dollar in your pocket. Every day that Joseph Robinette Biden has usurped the most powerful office in the country, every day your dollar gets weaker. Or the Nevada side of Lake Tahoe. Right. right. Uh, one Happy thing that I would now. like to say. Let's hear it. Is I am shocked I- that it took a study to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> really, Mr. Skelton? A study? <laughs> There's the one girl on the panel that earns her money. Wasn't born into it. Didn't hit the loin lottery. There's at least one reporter in California that understands the principles. I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out why the freeways are still so crowded. Right? That's a if great question. Leaving. I think about that all the time. Oh. Half a million less people, and it still and it's takes still... me an hour and a half to get to the valley. Yeah. Exactly. Half an hour just to get four miles. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'll just live here. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> yeah. And that's the complacent moron. Just take it. But it's time now to make a stand, to make a position. And the reality is, the state that he mentioned in Florida, the one that I live in, I I picked it not only because I love the weather, but because it's the best run state. Because the people who are in positions of power do things to protect your freedom. The entire time COVID was going on, the entire time they protected our freedom. Yes and yes. Uh, I've said publicly... You know, I've always supported uh, supported the wall just because uh, it's such a big border. You can have border patrol. You never will be able to have enough. So the cartels will will, will direct people where there's not uh, surveillance. Well, that's the other thing we do. We put away criminals and protect cartels, but this is the one I was trying to get. So we did trade mission to Israel 2019. We kind of stopped doing them once COVID hit because, you know, I just told people, I'm like, I am not testing. I am not doing vax passports. If you're not free, I'm not going there. And there was a lot of restrictions. And so we just said, forget it. So but now that we came and so but but the Israel one, we did a bunch of MOUs and we did do MOUs on this trip with it's really the state as a whole. These are trade agreements with Israel and other countries. When you go and you tell Florida story. People get excited about the opportunities. And so we still see dividends from that trip in 2019. 
So I think what will happen is, you know, we'll point, you know, there's going to be a Japanese-Florida uh, uh, space relationship that's developing. We'll probably have an agreement there. We have the South Korea with the, with the clean hydrogen, more uh, deals with Israel, and, and, and it's great. But I think even more than that is the follow-on, the relationships, and at the end of the day, people see the United States, the center of gravity is shifting in this country dramatically away from blue states to red ones. And that's what you should be excited about. And if you notice, he said Japan. At the same time this speech went on, there's a proposed law by DeSantis that the state legislature is working on now so that Chinese communists, communists cannot own land here. Boy, that would have been great if it would have uh, taken place just a few years ago before they acquired hundreds of thousands of acres of our farmland. And of course, there's other benefits to the Chinese corruption, and that is they've been being made rich by our politicians, by your money. You remember a little while ago when the, the big three collapsed and they all got money? Yes, Ford too. Ford is already subsidized by every municipal vehicle you see. So this is from 14 years ago. Ford begins work on its third plant in China. The $490 million factory in the city of Chongqing will make revamped focus cars when it opens in the year 2012. Ford is trying to catch up with GM and Volkswagen, the car makers with the biggest presence in China. That wasn't enough because this is from earlier this week. All right, a big announcement from Ford coming in last night. The company will be importing its next-generation Lincoln Nautilus from China to the United States. Yahoo Finance senior autos reporter Praz Romanian here with the details. Hello, my friend. What are we learning? Hey, so, you know, just last night they had the reveal of this car in New York City and simultaneously in China at the Shanghai Auto Show. Uh, interesting enough. So we saw this in, in, in the flesh. It's actually a very good-looking SUV, very sleek, sporty, uh, new inside and out. I would say it's almost has like a Range Rover Sport-esque kind of look to it. Inside, I was kind of shocked to see this fully wrap-around digital display across the entire dash. You're going to love it. It's completely made in China, which also circumvents the labor extortion UAW mafia that likes to misappropriate millions of dollars that they steal from their workers. And this all gets swept out of the way as Trump is supposedly guilty of defaming a twisted woman who fantasizes about rape. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which, the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not I think most sexual. people think of rape as being sexy. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I'm sorry, this irritates the hell out of me. I was sitting with a friend of mine, an older man today. Proud to be an American, retired. It's like, how could Ford do this? They said they have been doing it. They have been doing it. And they're subsidized. Oh, but they didn't take the money, right? Take a look at your municipality. What kind of cars and trucks do they have? And what do you think your municipality does when it buys them? Pays above sticker. That's the subsidy. And the kickback schemes go on. And the good news is it's coming to an end. 
Year over year in April, government revenue, one-third of what it was the prior year. Joe Robinette, my socks are wet, Biden usurped the most powerful office, and he is delivering to his Chinese communist overlord pimps. I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and, and, and Joan Shingang, I'm going to pronounce right, Shanga Koala. Yeah. I think I pronounced it correctly. Yeah. Shanga Koala. He's completely fine. Totally capable. Everything is going to be fine. Dave in Libertyville. Oh, Sean. I wouldn't buy a Ford, and I certainly wouldn't buy a Chinese Ford. <laughs> Chinese. I'll tell you what. They, were, they stood for fix or repair daily for the last 20 years. Now it's just going to be hourly. Thank you very much. You had a Chinese Ford. What do you get, an Allen wrench? What do you, got, what are you going to use on that? Preposterous. You notice how I haven't played a lot of clips today, right? I haven't played a lot of clips from these idiots. I have them all. I'm saving you from such idiots as affirmative action, KJP. Should the vice president be involved in today's meeting since she'll be here in the country while the president is away? So the president is, is uh, closely, has been closely consulting with the vice president on this. Uh, they have, have had several conversations on this issue. Uh, and so again, when it comes to uh, issues that matter to the American people, they're very much partners. You mean issues like the mayhem and the murder from fentanyl, the drugs, the cartels, or just the uh, overall burden on our... Uh, social net. What, do you, what, what exactly do you mean? Did you anticipate the current numbers that you're seeing right now? Look, I can't. I, I can't get into hypotheticals about the numbers and what they were going to be or going to be. That's not something I'm going to do here. What I can say is that we knew clearly. We knew from the court that Title 42 was going to lift on Thursday. That's something that we were clearly very aware aware of since since earlier this year. We have put plans in place and processes in place to deal with this very moment. Now, when KJP tells us that the uh, hump day Harris is going to consult with the president. Is she going to consult with this president that can't speak? Or is there a way we could tap into the Joe Biden of the 90s? We must stem the flow of drugs into our border and across our borders. This bill increases by one-third the current level of funding for interdiction at the border, including increased funding for Coast Guard and Customs Service personnel, which I might add over the last six years have been cut. We've talked about a war on drugs, and we have cut, not increased, cut, the number of people we, in fact, say are supposed to be the ones at the bridge, blocking the enemy from crossing the river into our territory. Wow. Sounds completely different, doesn't he? Now here he is, just had a twisted dementia and a diapy. I honored a group of trailblazing artists uh-huh. with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and, and, and Joan Shingang, I'm going to pronounce right, Shanga Ko- Koawa. Yeah, he doesn't have brain damage. He's fine. This bill assist Coast Guard law enforcement teams to Navy ships to bring the Department of Defense more actively in, assigns, I should say, Coast Guard law enforcement teams to Navy ships to bring the Department of Defense more actively into the fight against drug trafficking. He's doing good. He's doing good. He's hanging in there. 
Shirley Willowbrook. Hi, Sean. Um, it's like, this is Shirley. I just wanted to let you know, Lori Lightfoot just yeah. requested the National Guard from, you know, Governor Pritzker. Oh, really? Um, what yes. happened to her and her big Schwansteiger? She was crying yeah. yesterday. Now she's begging for the National Guard. I'm enjoying watching well, her collapse. I I think that, you know, the crying, you know, this young lady who's 24 years old, who's a policeman and was, you know, basically... Um, yeah, you know, I understand, yeah. Shirley. I'm also, I, I think that's an, an unbelievable tragedy. And so is the 23-year-old superstar that would have led yes. the, the world to a better trajectory. And none of them get, get any attention. And yesterday she had the audacity to pretend she was a success. I saw it, and importantly, I felt it in this city, in every neighborhood, in the eyes of children, our elders, of workers, our people who were touched by the work that we did, the details that we sweated, the resources we invested for the betterment of our entire city. There's no crying. There's no crying in Democrat mafia failure. What happened to you and your big Schwansteiger? You sound like a little girl whose who's, who's ice cream fell. Why are you crying? 312-642-5600. Quote, my blank is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest blank in Chicago. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. God, I remember when this song was new school. That's how old I am. I also remember when Joe Biden could speak in sentences. Tucker Carlson, find out what time his uh, Twitter show is on. Cannot wait for Twitter to become a news network and put all these other morons out of business. The writing is on the wall. This is the exciting part of failure, opportunity, and sometimes better things come from it. Uh, By the way, Texas has a new dollar that they want to back from the state of Texas that will be backed in gold. There's an answer to your debt problems. Brian Gurney. Hey, Sean, I so much appreciate your show. I, you are right on, bro. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate that. Thank uh, you. Um, well, uh, a couple of things I'd like, like to talk about. Uh, what you say about Biden, listen to him talk, uh, it's laughable because he gives the stooges a run for the money when you listen to this guy talk. Second of all, uh, with McCartney and, uh, and uh, with the Oversight Committee, uh, Comer and Grassley, do you think anything's going to come about that decision that tomorrow that's going to make any difference uh, in what the system our justice are? system this guy? our justice system has been has been co-opted, and if you're asking me how Kevin McCarthy could walk out of the meeting with dementia face and not call for an impeachment, I don't know. I think it's part of a charade, and um, everybody can see what Joe Biden is. He needs to be impeached, not just because he's a crook of which he is, but because he's unfit. In it, unable to do the job. This is another reason they don't want him to debate. By the way, thank you for the call. Another reason they don't want him to de- debate RFK Jr. It's funny. I was watching a um, an interview on ABC News. I've never seen a host come out and say this openly. We should note that during our conversation, Kennedy made false claims about the COVID-19 vaccines. Data shows that the COVID-19 vaccines prevented millions of hospitalizations and deaths from the disease. He also made misleading claims about the relationship between vaccination and autism. 
So RFK was doing a, uh, a, a, an interview where he, like Tucker Carlson, blames the CIA for the death of his uncle, among other things. And he also has known Fauci for years. He was asked about his book. He was asked about his opinions. And they redacted their own interview. You've said in the past that there is a, a correlation between uh, vaccines leading to autism that's totally been debunked. Wait a minute, who debunked it? We have oh. not seen any kind of scientific connection from the CDC, the World Health Organization, the uh, National those Academy of Sciences. are captive agencies, Lindsay. And so you think they're all in cahoots? Yeah, they're all captive. You've discussed the Kennedy family as like any family, there are disagreements. Now, once she said in cahoots, why doesn't she ever want to investigate what only a handful of senators are willing to talk about openly in this country. Mr. Benzel, uh, Moderna recently paid NIH $400 million. Do you believe it creates a conflict of interest for the government employees who are making money now off of the vaccine to also be dictating the policy about how many times we have to take the vaccine? Good morning, Senator. Uh, indeed, we recently made, a, before Christmas last year, a $400 million payment to the NIH. That's what he means by captive. Dimwit. ABC talking mannequin dimwit. And that's why you had to redact your own interview, you fraud. In the meantime, there's something else that's kind of newsworthy. Oh, now it's only a foot in European countries. But it's uh, kind of a problem. Hello and welcome to today's talk. It's Monday the 8th of May. Now, I've been a bit concerned about the excess deaths of late in the United Kingdom. So I've looked at this and I've also done a bit of an international comparison. And we do see that since the start of 2022, when COVID deaths were declining, in most areas at least, in most countries, there's uh, been a sustained amount of uh, excess deaths, more than we would expect based on previous years' averages for the time of year. Now, let's get straight down to specifics on this, because the figures from the United Kingdom are, are really quite, um, well, I'll, I'll let them speak for themselves. Office of National Statistics, success deaths, dramatic increase in the weekend in the 21st of April. Most of these are, virtually all of these are certificated deaths. So this is accurate data from death certificates. The number of deaths registered in the United Kingdom in the weekend in the 21st of April, that's week 16 of the year, was 14,024 uh, 22.1% above the five-year average. That's big. 22.1% above the five-year average. You've got a presidential candidate running, accusing Big Pharma in cahoots with the Democrat mafia. And the media redacts this information and hides the fact that across the world, in particular in nations that pushed vaccines on people, they have an uptick in death of 20 plus percent. That's big. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. We know that. Not because you told us, but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. Over a hundred and nine... Because your government is corrupted. There are trillions and trillions of dollars at stake. This is obvious for all to see. By the way, Trump was accused of rape. He wasn't found guilty, but he defamed the ugly person who accused him of rape. Robert Oak Park. Yes, Sean. Good show. 
Or very dismayed. The officer again shot. There's a third way funeral have to go. But, yeah. You know what, what? What about you know? I, I blame Kim Fox and the Democratic Party. Number one. Well, you know number why, two, Robert? Because she's the one who's who's at fault. She's the one who's at yeah. fault, and this is the issue. But then again, that you think about it, the Democrats are at fault. The Democrats are the one who put these people in positions, knowing the scandal after scandal, knowing the corruption, and instead of being offended by it, they simply want in on it. Craig and Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call there, brother. Man, you were right on time. All these other countries and all these other doctors and so many people all over the world, they know that this was all a bunch of baloney to start with, and even worse, intentional maybe. But the thing is, is that they're hurting us with those, and with the shots, their shots were bad, they're hurting all the people. And our, our country is the only country out of all these countries that's still pushing it, I'm not admitting to how it's bad true. it is. I mean, we're, yeah. we're supposed to be the we're supposed to be the smartest country. We're supposed to know more than all these people. These people are all supposed to be so dumb and all below us, and yet they all are smart enough to know that they got fooled and tricked and poisoned and everything. And our country is doing just the opposite and trying to get us get more of it into our systems. Well, Craig, we are the victims of a seditious conspiracy called the American Democrat Party. That is the seditious conspiracy, and there's a lot of money in it. Money goes missing. People are protected. The first chart here shows a bank record showing a $1 million wire transfer into the account of Hudson West 3 from CEFC Limited on November 2nd, 2017. Senator Grassley and I have already established CEFC is effectively an arm of the communist Chinese regime. That's something that seems to be consistent that's the country that profits from the Democrat mafia policies as they simultaneously weaken us, proving beyond the shadow of a doubt, Joseph Robinette, my socks are wet, Biden, is an asset of the Chinese Communist Party. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot, uh, foot, excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping traveling with them. And that's who traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. Is that when you put together the scheme? Is that when you became a traitor to overthrow your country and pay off the Chinese Communist Party? You dimwit. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Hammer time. Look at him. Look at him. Blink. Blink, you dementia more. Blink. Hammer time. Dementia face Joe is having a press conference all glazed over with that dead man hair sewn to his head, trying to fake it. You're bald, and you clearly can't blink on your own. There has to be some way to remind him. Just throw something at him. He'll blink out of reflex, hopefully. Uh, but what he proves every time he opens his mouth and stares into the camera blankly is that he's unfit. And what he's promising right now, live, on national television, is that he's going to bastardize and play word games with amendments so that he can nullify the people's house. See, that's his one obstruction, is that during even arguably one of the greatest voter fraud elections in history, aside from the one he stole the actual election, somehow the Republicans eked out a very small victory, and the first thing they did was pass a bill so that this imbecile 
could not go through with his promise to Xi Jinping in the foothills of the Himalayas to destroy America and enrich the Chinese Communist Party. But he and his cohorts of Marxists feel they can play word games with the amendments and usurp the Congress, just thus declaring him a feeble fascist. Even Manhans Yellen has been a little apprehensive. He said on Friday night that he's not ready to invoke the 14th Amendment. Of course, the 14th Amendment says that full faith and credit of the United States should not be questioned. And the implications of that would be if he invoked it. Listen, you, you who covered up for Bill Clinton as he was molesting a barely 20 year old intern, you scumbag. It's one line and it's in reference to a post-Civil War time. It doesn't mean that in the year 2023, the only president suffering from dementia, who clearly is an asset of the Chinese Communist Party, can bankrupt our nation. That's not what it means. Sorry, you with the funny name. The United States would just continue to issue debt, saying it's unconstitutional not to. Now, the president said he's not ready to do that, but it didn't seem like he took it off the table. So is it still a possibility? I think the problem I have is the reporter should know better. You should know, you know, reporters should also know we'll never default on the debt. That's the first thing we do is pay the debt. They should know that. But if you remember, Joe Robinette Biden, the guy who doesn't blink, who's suffering from dementia with the dead man hair sewn to his head, said that they don't have anything to do with the, the budget. Look, you know, our priority is, is to make sure that Congress does its job. There is no way to protect um, our financial system and our economy. You mean from you? You, Viagra Slayer? Because Congress did its job on behalf of the people who elected it. It put restraints on spending that's what you cannot afford, because then you can't pay off your contributors, your cohorts of corruption, your mafia members, you know, your Democrat base. Does the White House see all spending caps as a negative or just the spending caps that are part of the House GOP bill? So I'm going to be very clear here. The president's going to have a conversation with the four leaders. As you all know, that's going to happen in, four, in a couple of hours at 4 p.m. local time, clearly. And we're going to stay focused on what the Congress needs to be doing here, their congressional duty, uh, which is to prevent a default they need to stop the most obvious asset of enemies foreign and domestic a traitor to his nation from paying off his corruption and going to his bank in cyprus it turns out the justice department was reportedly told about bribery allegations concerning then vice president joe biden all the way back in 2018, an email from a former federal prosecutor saying, quote, VP Biden and Secretary of State Kerry exercise influence to protect Burisma holdings in exchange for payments. And instead of them being imprisoned, they're now in control and threatening fascistic activity over the purse of the nation. The 14th Amendment does not give the president the right to nullify Congress. Not at all. And even manhands, Janet Yellen is aware. Other than Congress doing its job and raising the debt ceiling and enabling us to pay our bills. And we shouldn't... No one asked this impersonator of a, of a plumber. No one asked her, isn't Congress's job to make sure we don't bankrupt the nation? I mean, so is Congress's job in perpetuity to continue to, to, to increase the debt ceiling so we, in essence, don't have one? But that would allow you to bankrupt America while you're strengthening China. Not get to the point where we need to consider whether the president can go on uh, issuing debt. This would be a constitutional crisis. No, it, it would be a usurpation of authority. It would prove him to be the feeble fascist he is. And it's another reason he should be impeached. 
tonight. Kevin McCarthy, impeach this dementia patient. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. We're in our third year of the Democrat Mafia unleashing convicts on society. In Chicago yesterday, 13-time felon with another parolee, robs a phone store, beats, shoots somebody. We've got 58 people that we know of in Chicago murdered by somebody who murdered somebody else and was let out by the justice system. There's a myth in this country, the myth of overpunishment. My next guest, Barry Letzer, has a book out called The Myth of Overpunishment, a defense of the American justice system and a proposal to reduce incarceration while protecting the public. So I said, we must get him. We got him. Barry, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm delighted to be with you, Sean. Well, I love the fact that you're a professor of criminal justice. And to me, the government has but a few obligations, covenants with the people, and that is to protect me from known criminals. Instead, they unleash the criminals on our society. And now, if people can afford to, they can try to go to areas they can't afford. But how did the government get away by breaking the covenant with the, with the citizen and releasing criminals on society? You know, Sean, this is not a new story. It's just a hidden story. The truth is, if you look at the people actually in prison, convicted and put into prison, they have an average of 11 arrests per man before they got put away. And what's worse, Sean, is after they're released, 83% are rearrested again. So what we have here is a relatively small number of people who are big-time recidivists. They repeat over and over until finally they're caught, put away, and they're not put away very long, as I'll explain you in a minute. And then they're released, whereupon they commit crimes all over again. It's a very disturbing situation. Is this because society doesn't have the courage to do what needs to be done and to punish bad people? Well, of course, it's a huge debate, isn't it, Sean? I mean, you have a whole bunch of folks on the left saying we overpunish. And when I read that, I said, wow, we need a corrective out there. We need to talk about what really happens in the system. I can tell you this, Sean, only 20% of those people who are sentenced to prison, I'm not talking about jail now where the time served is very short, only 20% complete a full sentence. 80% are released beforehand. Now, we have to realize, of course, that criminal justice is expensive. Building prisons, stocking prisons, that's an expensive proposition. So, you know, to just clench your teeth, get angry, and pound the table ain't going to do it. We'd have to spend a lot of money to run more prisons, or at least to staff properly the prisons we have. 
it's going to be costly for taxpayers, and, and, and that's something that taxpayers may not support. Now, I am all for vindicating people who have been railroaded by bad police. We're in Chicago. Chicago is notorious for corrupt police. We have instances where police have tortured people. They are heinous in their own action. However, we are living through a time where this example of bad police and their convictions have been used as a, as a crowbar to release people who were put away who deserved it. Mm. We've, we've been yes. victims of balkanization by, ironically, people of minority status using race to allow this to happen. Can we get a, a rein on this? Or once the toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't? No, I wouldn't say you can't. First of all, if we have a crime rise, and I really hope we don't have a crime rise, although in a sense it's good for my business, right? If we have a crime rise, the public's going to be very upset, and we're already seeing some of these uh, permissive prosecutors being yanked. Look at San Francisco, right? Mm -hmm. So, sure, if we have a crime rise, the public is going to demand the toughening of the system. That's what happened in the 1970s. The progressives don't like to think about that. But Mm -hmm. the prison system, the justice system, didn't get tough overnight because of some fiendish plot to take away black rights, as as, uh, Michelle Alexander uh, alleges. No, it was all about one of the biggest violent crime rises in American history. And when that happened, of course, the public demanded and the politicians responded. I just love to remind people in your listening audience that the 1994 crime bill, which was a very tough crime bill, was led through the Senate by none other than Senator Joe Biden. So all the politicians, even the Democrats, fell in line because the public insisted upon it. So if people demand it, if people perceive feel that crime is a big threat, they will let their elected officials know. Now, you had mentioned the cost. And part of the demonization to let people out of prison is for-profit institutions of incarceration prisons. What what are the numbers and where is the truth? No, 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 no. This is is one of those red herrings. 7% of the prison population, Sean, 7%. 93 percent are in public institutions, public prisons. And we also don't know, and I admit I haven't studied this recently, we don't know that the privately run institutions are more abusive, more unfair, more discriminatory than the publicly run institutions. We don't know that. So this is a red herring. It really is. It's, it's, it's just not, there's no basis I thought that, that because, you know, I, I pay attention when politicians speak, and I've, I've, I've yeah. ascertained about 2% of what they say is the truth. But, Professor <laughs> Barry Latzer, your new book, the, or the Myth of Overpunishment, the Defense of the American Justice System, and the Proposal to Reduce Incarceration While Protecting the Public. I don't want you to give it away because I want my people to buy it, but I am very <laughs> interested in your proposal to reduce incarceration and protecting us. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, I'll give a little piece of it, and, and, and I hope folks, I hope folks will read the last chapter, especially where the proposal is is laid out in more detail. Here we are in the United States, Sean. The developers of 
of technology, of computerized and electronic technology. And other countries are using this to wire up released prisoners to put the bracelet on them, as we call it, to electronically monitor them, to see where they're going, and to know if they're going toward the home of a of a girlfriend or a wife who had been abused in the past, for instance, or if they're going to a current day crime scene. Here we have the United States, the inventors of the technology, totally underutilizing this great advance for criminal justice. And other countries, small countries with much smaller criminal justice budgets, Israel, the Scandinavian countries, the most liberal countries probably on the planet, are utilizing these electronic monitoring systems in a big way. So this is the heart of my proposal. It's not a panacea, Sean. It's not going to reverse all the problems in the system. It's going to be a help. And here's a reason why. Say a man is released from prison before his time is served. That's 80% of all prisoners, by the way. Okay? okay. Now he's put on parole. And he's got to be on parole for the rest of his sentence. So if he has three years to go, five years to go, whatever it is, he's on parole. Now, theoretically, he's monitored by a parole officer. But that's just theoretically because the parole officer has dozens of cases. So how much time can he devote to monitoring this one fellow? The answer is very little. I call it an honor system among unhonorable or dishonorable men. <laughs> You're telling these people, don't do more crime, don't hang out with bad guys, don't do drugs, get a job. And of course, we have to rely on their honor that they'll do it. So I say, let's at least put a system on them that monitors them, makes them feel they're being watched, enables us to know where they're going, encourages them encourages them to rehabilitate and therefore stay out of prison. And that's the, the argument I make in the last chapter of the book. Can you do this without the threat of terrible things? Because, you know, this, is, this reminds me of when I was young. I, mean, I, I was born in the late 60s. And the, the Dr. Spock with the timeout and the yada, yada, yada. And I would laugh because knowing myself and my friends... If there wasn't the threat of the slap in the forehead, we were just going to laugh at it, laugh it off. I'm, this show is broadcast in Chicago. They have the implementation of the bracelets. They've become jewelry among the street gangs in Chicago. The problem I have is we've tried a lot of this, but without the ultimate threat of we will put you away in eternity for eternity, these guys don't care. These are some bad guys. And they have an entire society in prison that they like. So we've now made it an inconvenience at most. I was hoping you were going to come up with some island that had fences and we could film the fights. But I'll save that for my Saturday <laughs> afternoons. But can you do it without a threat of something bad? Well, sure. If they violate, if they do violate the, the rules, and if we have electronic monitoring, we can at least detect some of those violations, well, then, of course, that's a parole violation, and they go back. And, and what else can we do, really, un under those circumstances, Sean? I mean, really, yeah. what else can we do? We have a lot of criminals in this country. 
and some are quite serious, and some are repeaters, and the best we can do is lock them up. And then if we release them, and we will release uh, you know, almost all of them, we don't use the death penalty very much anymore. When we release them, at least let's monitor them as best we can. No, I don't. Panacea, no. Helpful, yes. Now, as a professor of criminal justice, this is something that you have a unique perspective on because we always feel, I think the problem with humanity is that they're in their intellectual infancy and they have been for the last couple thousand years. We are <laughs> under the impression that this is a new phenomenon. The reality is we are capable of some terrible things and generations back to the Stone Age have had to deal with this situation. If you have the integrity and a system in place that at least is willing to separate the bad from the good. I've always thought an idea would be to disqualify felons from our welfare system. Our welfare system has become the equivalent of middle income. Has there ever been an idea that said if you're a convicted felon, you are no longer eligible for the welfare system, including Social Security or disability or the rest of it? Has that ever been tried financially? Not that I know of. I'm sure some people have proposed it. It would meet howls of opposition. They would say, you're not giving this man a chance to reintegrate into society, to rehabilitate himself. And some do rehabilitate. So that's what would happen. There would be tremendous opposition to to that kind of proposal. So I, I, I don't think it's realistic, Sean, even though... Maybe it would work. I know what you're trying to do, and I'm yeah. sympathetic. You're trying to create disincentives to, to crime. Well, and, and, of course, we need to do that, absolutely need to do that. Chicago, New York, California, they incentivize criminals. That's why they have the, you know, the bulk of it. And I'm trying to save that issue. And when you think about trying to save the, the people you should be trying to save the most are children. You mentioned recidivism. One of the most startling mm-hmm. statistics is the recidivism of pedophilia. Illinois, as I speak to you, is uh, refusing to, to, to utilize the sex offender list. They're trying to get rid of the sex offender list to keep yeah. them, you know, to make them normal or some idea. But they're willing to put at risk an, a, a section of criminality that has a 100% recidivism rate or at least a 99. <laughs> how, how can we you address know- this? Do you know that the state of Massachusetts made a decision actually saying that a sex offender couldn't have the bracelet put on him, that it, was, it too greatly intruded on his privacy rights? I'll send you the case. It's Please actually, do. I, I discussed the case in the last chapter of my book, in, in The Myth of Overpunishment. I mean, it's so astonishing to think it's, that they would even say such a thing. It's they, hard to watch. how they ruled. That's how they ruled. You know, the mores of our nation delivered the quality of life that was sought after around the world. And the new mores are celebrating the, the least among us, the, the scoundrels, George Floyd, who I think is going to celebrate his three years of sobriety coming up soon. But the reality is you took this, this, this felon, this rapist, this, 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 this lowlife, and you made him a hero. And once society makes that the new tradition... You're just looking for the next George Floyd, and you may have him in New York, as you see the, uh, the people protest the death of somebody they tried to avoid every time they were on the subway. I just want to know yeah. what your opinion is, because you're obviously in this field. You have been for years. Do you think our yeah. mores will change back to where we want law and order? Oh, I don't, I don't have any doubt about it. And, and here's, the, here's the irony, Sean. 
if we keep making the system weaker, if we keep making the system more permissive, that in itself will encourage more crime. When we had the huge crime wave, which I wrote about, which started in the late 1960s, one of the key factors was the system was weak. The system was actually punishing people less when the crime wave began. And of course, the effect was, just as you'd imagine, the effect was to create incentives for more crime. So, in fact, one crime historian said, well, that's the cycle you can expect. As things go bad, people toughen up the system or they demand a toughening of it. When things get good, then they want to make the system more relaxed, more permissive, less punitive. Well, of course, that creates incentives to crime, and here we go all over again. So I'm not sure this cyclical theory is correct, but I could see arguments for it, and that's the irony in, in what you're saying. If yeah. we go weak, if we go less punitive, if we stop, for instance, prosecuting minor offenses, as these progressive district attorneys want to do, well, of course, we'll be encouraging more disorder and more crime. So the irony is that, uh, as the Marxists would say, the seeds of the destruction in the system are built into it, right? Yes, the, the, that's the plan. The, yeah. That's the plan. That's the plan. You but, know, it's but, funny. But, I moved the to... plan's going to backfire, Sean. The plan's yeah, going to backfire. It's funny. I moved to Florida, and I cannot tell you. I go to a cigar. I smoke cigars. I go to a cigar store. How many older gentlemen left New York left Boston, left California, yeah. left Illinois, yeah. because down here they don't mess around. They, they are proud uh, about putting criminals in prison. And it's a different atmosphere. And I'm wondering when you look at America and you see people yeah. fleeing these, these, these Marxist states, uh, do you think that's kind of the silver lining? Now, that's interesting. Are we going to see the liberal cities, the Democrat cities, the cities that are populated by by people who are generally permissive. Are we going to see them have such troubles? We're looking now, for instance, at their inability to place migrants in any kind of housing, and they're getting migrants by the hundreds from Texas and Florida, too, by the way. Yeah. Are we going to see these cities go to seed, go to pot, have big problems because of these permissive policies? That's entirely possible. It's entirely possible that places like New York will will create havoc for themselves to the point where everyone where everyone will want to move to Florida. I know you uh, you served for a brief time as the assistant DA in Brooklyn. Did you yes. move to Florida? Yes. Am I buying you a cigar tomorrow? Where do you live? <laughs> yeah, I'm on my way, but of course I'm an old geezer, so I, I may retire to down to Florida. But we winter down there now. So I know what you're talking about. And I know lots of people who, who would get out of here if they could. In fact, I just saw a survey of New Yorkers, Sean. You'll be interested in this one. One out of three said they would leave New York State if they could, because of the, in part because of the crime. Well, Professor Barry Latzer. I can't wait to meet you, and I'm buying you lunch. Please, uh, I'm gonna if you get a, if you get a 708 number, it's me coming on your phone. In the meantime, I'm gonna ask everybody to buy the myth of overpunishment, the defense of the American justice system, and a proposal to reduce incarceration while protecting the public. He is Professor Barry Latzer. Thank you so much, Professor. I've truly enjoyed it. You'll be back again if you wanna. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Sean. I appreciate it. 
Absolutely. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I remember when that movie came out, too, Squirrel. All right, so this article doesn't mention the gun. The other article I had did. This was from the CWB Chicago. 13-time convicted felon robbed a north side phone store with a parolee. The two scumbags, including a 13-time convicted felon, robbed a north side cellular store last week, prosecutor said. And they may have gotten away with it, except they're morons. See, they grabbed 57 phones, and one of them had a little GPS tracker that was on. The two idiots who look like both their parents drank. His name was Ramiro Morgan, 36, and Terrell Lewis. These two honorable students robbed the T-Mobile store at 3409 West Belmont last Thursday around 3 in the afternoon. And uh, Morgan allegedly grabbed cash and 57 phones from the young girl. Uh, put it in a pink bag, also easy to identify him. Later, using the GPS tracker, tracker the uh, Chicago Police Department found these two idiots, the 2900 block of East 92nd Street. Cops realized the men are wearing the same clothes because they're morons, and they had the same minivan that they stole. Two idiots, Terrell Lewis and Romero Morgan, Morgan, you should see these handsome son-of-a-guns, stole the phone. It turns out Morgan has been convicted 13 times. Thefts, burglaries, retail thefts. His cohort, his moron cohort, has been arrested four times. And he's a 12-class X armed habitual criminal. Seems like he should be on the street. What did the judge do? Well, it turns out the judge let him out on $10,000 bond, which means these two idiots had to put up two dimes, and they're back out on the street again. Chicago. Lovely. Wendy escaped. She's in Reno, Nevada. Oh, hi, Sean. First time uh, first time caller, uh, long-time listener. Thank you. Well, that's going to get you a shirt. Go ahead. Oh, oh thank you. Listen, I had to chime in. You mentioned the um, Jordan Neely thing that happened in New York City. Um, I recently had to come back to Cook County to take care of some family business and stay in Lincoln Park for a bit. I Two Sundays ago, um, April 23rd, I took two L rides on a Sunday afternoon. One blue, one red. Both were like Mad Max, okay? Yeah. I had the, yeah, the first one, a, a, a dirty homeless man came on sat next to a woman who registered against the window and started to pleasure himself. Um, I'm 57 with a bum knee. I was looking around for the men on the train to help out. Everyone stared at their phones. Well, after Jordan Neely, I kind of understand why no one gets involved right now. Uh, it's this city. I lived in Cook County for 50 years. Coming back here, Sean, I know you have a similar... I just, I don't know what to think anymore. I am so saddened. Well, the good news is you can tell that experience, and people will understand there is possibility of getting out, and you can enjoy it. Now we're going to get you on hold and get what size you are. And by the way, I just want to make sure you're sure that wasn't shooting a commercial for the CTA, because that's pretty much the experience. It's called The Ride and the Show. Thank you very much, Wendy. Hope you enjoyed the show. David in Lansing. Uh, Hey, Sean. Um, I was listening to your last guest about recidivism and the slackness in these DAs. Uh, and my question to you, my, my theory is that 
George Soros is putting these DAs in because he wants to destroy the U.S. He just this is ridiculous. The amount of repeat offenders there are. So um, think about how right uh, he was. Think about the devaluation right. of your currency, which is something he's known for. Think about how far the currency's been devalued and how successful he's been with his sabotage my, my, to the American system. Go ahead. Right. My my question is: Is there a way to see if George Soros is short the dollar if he destroys the U.S. or at least short like corporations that are in big cities? Yes. Like the, maybe San Francisco. Yes. The proof that he's protecting his investment is because he keeps funding the the mafia called the Democrat Party. That's the proof. And uh, I don't think the Cypress banks, where his real money is, will ever let us know where his money, his profit is, in the same way they will never let us know where the dimwitted diapers, Joe Biden's money is. Took Air Force Two to Cyprus, and the media doesn't want to talk about it? That's kind of funny. I think that's something worth talking about. I just do. All I have been told is that the person who made the transfers was told that one goes to Joe Biden. Mike McCormick's a former White House stenographer who says he also has evidence of a Biden family kickback scheme. And he joins me now. Mike, great to have you back on the program. What was your reaction when you heard about these Biden bribery allegations made two years prior to your allegations? Well, I looked at the uh, stories that were uh, written about it. And it fits into the narrative. It fits into the evidence that I have developed um, based on books I've written, my substack that I've written. Um, Joe Biden masterminded what his son did with Burisma. He started that in March 2014. I talked with you about it a while ago about a flight he made into Ukraine in April 2014 and Jake Sullivan came back and basically committed a crime that Joe Biden was in a kickback scheme with his son and Burisma. Well, this allegation goes to Joe getting money directly. And it's it came from Ukraine. Uh, the prosecutor who the, the American, uh, Mr. Cummins, was given this information from a Ukrainian prosecutor. And it involved two John Doe whistleblowers. One said it looks like. Uh, a wire transfer went directly from Mykola Jlachevsky, the owner of Burisma Holdings, who put Hunter Biden on the board, specifically to Joe. Well, Mykola Jlachevsky did his banking in Cyprus. And that flight I talked to you about, April 21st, 2014, three weeks after that flight, Joe Biden flew hmm. to Cyprus on a very unusual White House trip. No I remember he it. mentioned Ukraine. I remember the Ukraine and the bribery. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. Yeah, but you extorted it. So you went 12 or 14 times to Chicken Kiev. How many times did you go to Cyprus? You didn't mention Cyprus. Always around the Ukrainians. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. 400 million there. And then let's not forget about the tramp going shopping in Paris. The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. Hey, let's raise the debt ceiling so we could give more money to Joe Biden's cohorts. Chuck and Dullivan, 
Hey, I'm going to tell you right now. I am probably your only listener, the only listener you have that's trying to start up a 1941 Farmall M. And uh, I took the coil out of it and went and got a brand new one and put it in there and it fired up and then it shut off again. I'm having some serious ignition problems. Maybe you need uh, to clean my, the line out. You should call Kamala Harris. Go ahead. Yeah. So back when my son was in eighth grade, they sent a Chicago lieutenant to Crown Point, Indiana, and he gave a big speech and he showed pictures of gangbangers that killed police officers in Chicago. And I turned around, and, and uh, he had a question and answer, and I said, why are you making your problems our problems? And I said, why won't you have to where if you shoot a police officer in Chicago that they have to go to the death penalty? Why, why is that? And yeah. here it is, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, whatever it is, it's still going on. It's got to stop. Yeah, that's why I like states that cook the criminals. I do. I'm a big fan of it, and I realize the failing in the Democrat mafia. I realize the profiteering. And as you, uh, as you watch what's going on in the border, how come nobody asks, what about the billions of dollars we sent to those corrupt third world hellholes? The U.S. is considering sending money to Central Americans in an attempt to stem the flow of migration. A senior White House official told Reuters the program would aim to address the economic woes pushing people to move. How come you don't address the economic woes of the people you put out of business in this country? 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. When I was talking to the professor... I referred to the sex offender list. Back in the old days, Squirrel, when we had a social club in Melrose Park, we used to love this. They first came out in, like, uh, really the 80s, 90s. And we used to get a list of it, and then we would go and uh, make sure that the sex offenders were no longer in the neighborhood. Well... Illinois decided to protect sex offenders. CBS2 is always investigating, and we found Illinois still isn't following federal mandates when it comes to its sex offender registry. For months, we've been digging into the registry's issues. Our Tara Molina brought that reporting to experts in the field who told us where we stack up, what other states are doing, and what should be addressed here. Tara joins us now. Some states are definitely doing this differently and seeing some success. Joe. Yeah, yeah, states that want uh, to protect their children. But here's another little news update. From today, man robbed Chicago postal carrier at gunpoint while on parole. The armed robber confronted the 36-year-old postal service after getting out of a Toyota, took his master key and the mail, and uh, luckily he was caught because of surveillance tape by the Chicago Police Department. He demanded that the postal service give the master key. He took off in the vehicle. Luckily, Chicago cops and detectives found this scallywag. He's been brought to justice for now. We'll see if he gets let out. That's what experts told us today. For example, California takes a risk assessment approach so they can focus their resources on the offenders most likely to reoffend. We asked if that could help address issues and loopholes we've exposed here. Bad addresses, missing photos, months-long lapses in registration. We've exposed issues in the Illinois sex offender registry for years here at CBS2. Most recently, the state taking more than seven months to revoke the license of a massage therapist and convicted sex offender barred from working in massage therapy. Then it took our reporting exposing a missing photo to complete the filing with the state. I wonder, is Alexi G on this? 
Oh, I hope he doesn't confuse it with his financial crimes list, you know, the one where he's trying to protect his family members. Glenn in Oak Brook. Yeah, hey, Sean. I hope you're doing well. Um, I remember uh, John Walsh of America's Most Wanted made a statement that stuck with me for a long time. He said there are people that are in this world that can never function in society. Yes. And I think he's right. I think there are people, and that's throughout history, there are people that cannot function in society. And I don't know what the solution is for that. It's an interesting idea, right? Because if you expand it out of the criminal activity and you realize that there are people that are on generational welfare system, they can't function in society. They can't live, can't provide for themselves. So how far do you draw that line? It's an interesting thing. But the reality is government's job is to protect people from violent offenders and criminals. Governments in these Democrat hellholes have failed miserably. And the problem is so many people have adapted to it. That's the problem, our adaptability to failure and corruption. You can call them Democrats, but we know they're Illinoisans, Glenn. In the meantime, you're paying property taxes to fund the pensions. Thank you very much. In the meantime, what about the, the basic protection? We already have law established that sex offenders, in particular those who molest children, are to be put on a list so that the neighbors are aware of it. And in Illinois, the government's busy. We're busy. We got a lot of stuff to do, a lot of vacation days, a lot of time off, and then we got to drive around and look for a place to eat. One of the most important utilities of the registry is to prevent individuals from working in places that they shouldn't be working. That's Dr. Scott. Like schools? Why aren't they talking about schools? You know, like in Downers Grove, how the coach like to take pictures of the little girls? Scott Wallfield, a criminal justice professor at East Carolina University and expert who studied sex offender registries and compliance on a national scale. So what's working elsewhere? Dr. Wallfield explained Illinois does not take risk assessment into account when monitoring sex offenders and keeping. But they've achieved so much. It's so sad to see him go. Hope. I saw it. And importantly, I felt it in this city. What is Lori Lightfoot's legacy? It's hard to sum up, even when you have Democrat morons, one who has a fisheye and uh, tries to tell us how good she was. This time next week, Chicago will have a new mayor. Mayor Lori Lightfoot gave her farewell speech yesterday. Political analyst Laura Washington is here to talk about that more. Laura, good morning. Good morning. We've talked over the last few weeks about what the mayor's legacy would be. What do you think that is? Well, I think the centerpiece of it is, and she would make this case, is equity, racial and economic equity, bringing that to the city. See the fact that you're being robbed and raped and pillaged by repeat offenders and felon on parole. It's equity. Equity is expensive and it's dangerous. A lot of people are going to get hurt, shot. That's where Democrats live. 312. I'll be back in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.